Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special treat for you today. Creatures of this galaxy, members of the Federation. Woo! We are the scruffy looking podcasters, Star Trek version. This is episode 114.1. So you could say it is Stardate 0409-2020. Jimmy Dice co-hosting. Also next to me, co-hosting. A lovable creature over here, Mr. Ed Bossat. What's going on, buddy? Hey, I am happy to be here. I'm happy to share a starship with you in the galaxy of Trekness. Sure. Will you be my number one? Ooh. Or a number two. Mm-hmm. What do you Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Well, speaking of which, you can't have a starship without an engineer with an accent. So one of you two guys are going to have to fight over it. We are our boys, Mr. Kev Gobbett and Mr. Chris Hall, all the way from Ryza. Guys, how's it going tonight? Lonely brilliant, mate. Good to be here. Oh. I was hoping Chris would come out with a Scottish accent. Go she can't oh. take no more, laddie. She Go can't bone. take no more. I give it all she's got, Captain. It's <laughs> better than Simon Peck. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun here tonight. Uh, before we get into this, what we are doing here is we are reviewing the season one of the new Star Trek show, Picard. Because all things sci-fi, weird and awesome, magical and mysterious is in our wheelhouse. We are just so excited to talk about it. And because we haven't officially done a Star Trek review, we did do a Game of Thrones one at the conclusion of that epic series last year. Let's just uh, kind of go around the horn, though, and talk about kind of where we grew up with Star Trek, you know? I mean, we all know everything there's to know about Star Wars. That's old news. We're not talking about it today, even though I'm wearing my Star Wars hat. We're going to talk about Star Trek. So why don't you boys over in the UK tell us, I mean, Ryza, excuse me, tell us from your sunny beaches in Ryza, where did you guys start out with Star Trek? Okay. Go on, old man. You go first. Shall I go first? Yeah. Get the oldest one. Seniority. Um... My love of Star Trek begins rather bizarrely with what is considered quite a mixed bag of films, the motion picture. Um, That was the first Star Trek, my introduction to it. After Star Wars, somebody said, yeah, get into that. Hated it. Bored shitless. Didn't like it. A few years later, watched Star Trek 2, Wrath of Khan, and absolutely fucking loved it. Um, Carried on with the films there. And then got into the next generation from that, which is probably still one of my greatest TV shows. Uh, and then went back and watched the original trilogy. Uh, sorry, original trilogy. Uh, original series. <laughs> Fuck, you know. And yeah, really like that. Watched all the films, then went into Voyager, went into DS9, so on from there. So that's Thanks. my love of it. Good, good. What about you, Chris? Cool. Uh, so Star Trek was never a part of my life growing up. Um, other than I do remember I've got an early memory of mum and dad taking me to the cinema to see the one with the whale and the punk yeah Star Trek <laughs> 4 baby I distinctively remember there's a guy there's a punk with a mohawk <laughs> and he has some kind of interaction with uh, Spock is that right? Yep. yeah wicked right so yeah as you know massive Star Wars fan always been part of my life uh, and then Star Trek entered my life after we had our second child, Jackson, and I was up for six months doing night feeds, and I just popped on TNG 
just because it was on Netflix, and I was like, fuck it, I'll give it a go, and absolutely fell in love. Nice. So Star Trek's only been a part of my life, really, for like the last five years. Mainly TNG. I've done a bit of DS9, um, but not really got way into it. Uh, but I've done Next Generation about three or four times now. So Nice. Nice. Good. These are my characters that I, I, I can uh, talk about. Excellent, excellent. I'm very excited. I've not seen oh. I've not seen Discovery or Enterprise or Voyager, uh, mm-hmm. so it's very very limited. Heard, heard and seen. All right, shall we go through my limited knowledge of Star sure, Trek? Sure. So sure. I grew up. I had the Next Generation there <clears throat> a lot. My brother was a huge fan. Watched it a lot. I tagged along. I was a little young for it. Watched a lot of Star Trek Next Generation. Then I ended up re-watching it all again like five years ago. Original series, I've seen like two episodes. <laughs> it's a little slow for me. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't get to it. I've seen, all, I've seen all the movies. First one I think I've seen was Generations in my life. Oh, so, sure, sure. Yeah. And then, um, let's see. See, all Next Generation. I saw, like, whatever was on TV for Deep Space Nine. I got excited when I saw Worf because, you know, that brought it back to the Next Generation here and there. Voyager, I've seen, like, the first third and then stopped. Wonder why. (laughs) Um, Enterprise. Loved it after the first season. Watched it all. I love how they did episode arcs, just as the Clone Wars does. Everything connected very nicely. Discovery, seen it all. And, obviously, Picard. There sure, it is. Sure. I've read right, one book. I've read one book. It was that like blood <laughs> heart one gem thing. Do you know what that is? Nope. Okay, we'll edit that. Oh, out. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say it, it's one more than me, so fair play to you. <laughs> I've read one book and it has like the has like a gem in the shape of a heart on the front or something. I can't remember. Oh it's like Picard something. I can't remember. Oh Picard you know, long lost love. Do you know what would be really funny? If when it got to me and I just started dropping fucking knowledge bombs left, right, and center about loads That'd of books, fucking you guys would be like, "What?" <laughs> have you that read would any be books? hilarious. You haven't what? read I've, books. You haven't no read Star the books. Trek. No, no Star Trek. Okay. Nope. No, I'm not that massively obsessed with Star Trek to read the books like I've done with Star Wars, or buy them and not read them. Or buy them and not read them, like I do with Star Wars. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not that Sounds big right. a Star Trek fan, but I'm buying books, you know, spending my money on them and then fucking putting them in my drawer and not not, not reading them. I do that with Star Wars, my love. <laughs> Just right. skip the whole step, not even buy the book. I actually, I haven't read any Star, War, uh, Star Trek books. Really? Star Trek books really wasn't my thing. Well... Come to find out, the whole like canon storyline is very non-contiguous at all. There are just canon holes and conflicting shit between movies and different movies and what they're writing in the books. And I just wasn't really, really a big fan. There wasn't any continuity like there was with the Lucasfilm, um, LucasArts, and uh, the basically all the Star Wars novels and stuff. How they were all coordinated. But I grew up with Star Wars. I taped every fucking show on VHS. Still have them. Star Trek. Or? In this. 
Uh, all of it. Star oh. Trek, original series, uh, TNG, every episode of DS9 when it came out, every episode of Voyager when it came out, all on LP setting on a VHS tape, six hours per VHS tape. And uh, it was just fucking awesome. I was actually a Star Trek fan before I was a Star Wars fan, so that was that was interesting for me. I was actually late to the Star Wars game than I am the Star Trek game, even though I'm way more hardcore into Star Wars right now, but I love both equally. And like Chris, um, I just love that it's on Netflix and I can just binge watch it all the time. I finished a binge watch in Next Generation before Picard. Now I'm um, three quarters of the way through binging DS9 before I go back to TNG and watch it all through again. It's just yes. that good. It's just that Beautiful. good. Beautiful. So, folks, we are the scruffy looking podcast of Star Trek version today. Like I said, episode 114.1. You can send us an email scruffypodcasters at gmail.com like us on facebook slash scruffy podcasters we got our t public site slash scruffy looking podcasters search it with no g one word follow us on twitter at scruffy podcast myself captain jimmy dice at hebert 207 my number one ed at scruffy ed b lieutenant commander kev at kpg 1974 and chief petty officer chris hall on twitter <laughs> at chris hall artist <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at Scruffy Podcast. You can follow Chris at Chris Hall Illustration. So leave us some reviews on iTunes. Send us some emails. Like we mentioned two episodes ago, uh, we got a little contest going on. So if we can get to 40 um, reviews on our iTunes, we're going to be doing an art giveaway. Listen to episode 112 for the details. We'll rehearse. We'll say it again for episode 115. But today we are talking about Boldly Gone where we've kind of all been before in some manner or another. So, all right, <laughs> thank you. So, first off, we need to make sure we have our proper glasses of tea, coffee, everything Gee, here. Right, El Great. Mm, yeah, none of this decaf <laughs> bullshit, which I'm going to rant and rave about when we get to that part of Picard. But let's kind of jump into our week in Star Trek. Um, <laughs> because we're all doing lots of shit in Star Trek lately. For me, I tend to keep everything just kind of rerunning in the background. Every single screen in my house, if I walk into a room, I turn it on Star Trek. I come into my office, I turn it on Star Trek. If it's not Clone Wars or Rebels or Resistance or whatever thing I just want in the background that I'm kind of like half paying attention to. I also printed off, as you saw in my Twitter profile, I did this cool uh, uh, screen caps Thanks to our boys, uh, Dallas and Steve and uh, everybody else on our little group that we're chatting with for sending me the link to those 4K screen caps of Star Wars. I was able to print off a bunch of cool vinyl adhesive images and put them on the back of my bookcase that you can see on my Twitter page at Heber207. And there is a Star Trek one in there as well. A scene from Star Trek Three: Search for Spock with the Enterprise, a badly damaged from its conflict with the Reliant, goes into Starbase. So we're going to kind of Keep moving from here and go on to someone else's week in Star Trek now. So, Ed, tell us. Yeah. How's your I'll week in Star Trek? tell you about my sh- really, really short week in Star Trek. I, was g- I thought there was nothing, but now that I think about it, I did last week watch a Star Trek movie. And it was in the background. I was kind of doing some work. I was like, I haven't put a Star Trek movie on. And I'm sorry for your all you Kelvin Timeline haters out there, but it was the first Star Trek J.J. one. And I hadn't seen it in a while, so I was like, oh, I want to see, you know, Tiber- James Tiberius, or wh- what's his father's name? Kirk. <laughs> Kirk's father's name? I don't fucking remember. Thor. Yeah, Thor. Yeah, George, yeah, yeah Thor. George Kirk. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that 
have you, have you ever realised that Captain Kirk's dad and Luke Skywalker's mum get together? Oh, you just fucking ah, mm-hmm. boom! <laughs> wow, that's hurt. <laughs> so they're brothers, Spock and Kirk. Yeah, brothers Shelly's. from two different mothers, couples. So that's what I watched. <laughs> Have I missed something here? What what's the crack with this hate against JJ's Star Trek? I, uh, some people don't. Some people don't like it. Like they think it's a retcon. Ah, I, thought, I, I look. Uh, yeah, I thought I like. I mean, I liked it. No, this it's their way to inject new content into this universe that's already been written out and yeah. dramatized on TV. Like, why not try something a little bit different? You can still go on with the other timeline. Just have two of them. Yeah, yeah. I have a whole yeah, bunch. Great. That's why they call it the Marvel Universe. You know what I mean? There's a whole bunch of shit that doesn't kind of really connect with one another. Just let it ride. <clears throat> I mean, what I would you what would you do if they did a time jump thing in Star Wars and just redid the Empire versus Rebellion conflict? They would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes Grandpa look, with his petition. Just, just, don't, just, just don't take me down that avenue right now. It's fucking late and it's not happening. All right, leave it. They would never do that. <laughs> just saying, Kev. There's some hardcore Trek fans out there that got pissed about it. Do you know what? I'd bitch and moan, but I'd still watch it and go with it. So, who cares? Oh, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, I'm not, that, I'm not that massively obsessed with Star Trek that I can get annoyed by things like when they did that, you know, with the Kelvin timeline and stuff. It didn't... I actually loved the first two. I thought Star Trek and Star Trek Into Darkness were great. I didn't like the third one that much, uh, beyond um, yeah, I want yeah. Batfuss, but... You know, I mean, there's a lot of shit for Picard and for Discovery now with fans just going, this, but I haven't got a problem. I'm the same. I don't mind Star any Trek, of it. Star I like Trek, it. Man. JJ likes Star Wars so much that, like, it almost had some Star Wars moments in the uh, Kelvin Timeline movies. So I liked that because I'm a Star Wars fan. So there's that. But anyway. See, we talked about that, Ed, before, didn't we? When JJ was doing the first Star Trek. And there's that little bit just before he meets Spock on the ice planet and that monster attacks. And I went, this is literally Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, this exactly. is just like. Yeah. Always a bigger fish. No. Yeah. That, that <laughs> <kind of thing. laughs> I love that first Star Trek film. I thought it was great. I thought it just gave it a bit of a shot in the arm that it needed. Because Star Trek, at that point, to me, had got a bit stale. Yeah. Uh, and a bit samey and a bit sort of repetitive. And then I thought that just injected it and i thought it was great mm-hmm. absolutely it's what it needed man it needed something mm. and then it did the same with star wars with force awakens and it's like fucking get over it people mm-hmm. <laughs> chris so what's your yes, week star trek like uh i've most nights i go to bed and just put tng on and just drift off with it like as a just constantly add it on a loop for like five years now nice Ooh, so great. i'm at this point like on and off i'm at this point I am at the back end of season four. Deanna Troy's mother is on board. And then this big fat bald guy comes on with a goatee. And he's come to Geordie. He's going to help him blow up some sun to help save his planet. It doesn't work. And then he has to go back to his planet and kill himself because he's turning 60. It's proper random. It was all right. (laughs) I love that as a review. It was proper random. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, she's funny. She's funny, though, isn't she? Troy's mum. Oh, Loxana Troy. Oh, my God. Dude, she oh. is. I mean, isn't every episode you see with her be like, oh, okay, this is a bottled comedic episode. Okay, yeah, I don't have to worry absolutely. about anything here. Everybody's safe. No one's going to die. 
We're going to hear about Loxana Troy, the daughter of the fifth house, holder of the sacred chalice of Rix, or whatever bullshit she has. Yeah. Oh, no. Jimmy, you're like picking shit right now, aren't you? This is brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you I'm know excited. that she was... Um, really? Did y'all bear it? Yeah, well, she was the second wife of... Uh, she was the second wife of Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry. Ah, yeah. Jal Barrett Roddenberry, which is And cool. the voice of the computer, isn't she? She was the voice of the computer. She was yes. number one. Number one in the original, yeah. In the original Ooh. pilot, The Cage, which is pretty cool. That is. That was your weekend, uh, Star, War- Star, Tra- <laughs> Star Wars. Star Trek. Star Wars. Star Trek. Why do we all keep doing that? It's like- <laughs> I know, it's like, I, earlier when he was like, I recorded every episode of Star Wars when it was on I was like you mean Star Trek <laughs> yeah I, and I referred to the original series as the original trilogy I'm I know. like come on this is fucking and this as is Star ridiculous. Wars fan it's like a sin when you mistake them but we're like doing it left and oh. right doing it the other way around absolutely absolutely so give a shit man we roll how we roll we do Jimmy Dice so Chris, so Chris you, you said you've been have you got a favourite next gen episode or are you just go with the oh, series mate we doing a favorite? Oh, favorite anything, episode. anything with Q. Yeah. That's mine. <laughs> the measure of a man. Oh yeah, mm. it's season that's two. Up, that's up there. Because that's when I first started watching it, I was enjoying it, and then that's when I was like, because I remember when I, when I started watching it, and I remember going going to work and I like telling people, and people just like because I work in a at the time, I was surrounded by IT guys. Mm-hmm. So, so if I, I stood there and said, oh, I've just started watching Next Gen, literally, they all popped up like meerkats. Like, <laughs> 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 and I had about 12 new best friends like, tell it, <laughs> like, that wouldn't shut up, like, that just clung on to me like every break time. Uh, and I remember they kept asking me, like, oh, yeah, yeah, have you got to this shit? Have you got to that? Yeah, yeah. And I remember going in and seeing, like, right, I'm well into this now, because that Measure of a Man episode, Picard just fucking fell in love with Picard in that episode, because that's where he's just like... You know how you love Han Solo, Kev? Because mm-hmm. of his charm, yeah? And his... Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't and, like, he's an action hero, isn't he? You know, like, Indiana Jones is an action hero? Yeah. What I love about Picard is... is ultimately greater than all of like those people put together but all he uses are his words and his brain i agree with that i love and he, he's just fucking awesome and it was that episode like where he, he um sticks up for data in that trial that just made me just like wow here we go mm. that's when it clicked yeah yep. that's that's one that sticks out but best of um is it best of both worlds yeah Parts one and two, that's obviously ridiculous as well, isn't it? So That was a big deal. That was a big deal when that came out, having a two-part tie-over episode between seasons. Yeah. That was a a big no-no in Star Trek universe for a long time. Like, even having story arcs in general, everything was like, you got 44 minutes to do your bottled episode, wrap it up, in and out, done. Don't keep reintroducing. You can have like bad guys that come and go, but not this like start of the story arc kind of stuff, which was best of both worlds. Can I just tell a little story there to interject how you mentioned that? So it's my love of the of the next generation. It wasn't on TV that over here. So I had to buy the VHS versions of it. Yeah. So like on video. And they used to release release like two volumes at a time, 
which had t- two episodes on it. So it would have like it would be like 31, 32, 33. So when that came out, the best of both worlds, part one finished on the VHS that season. So I watched it on VHS and then had to wait, <laughs> I don't know, fucking months for the next batch of VHS to come out with part two on it. So, of course, that cliffhanger sort of happens when um, Riker sort of says, Mr. Wolf, fire. And it's like the greatest cliffhanger of fucking all time. Mm-hmm. And I had to wait for fucking weeks for like to get, this, to get this VHS, these copies of it. Mm-hmm. And Chris, you'll know, you know, WH Smith that we had. I used to go yeah. into, Notting- into Nottingham and buy the two VHSs at a time of Next Generation videos to take back home and watch them because it wasn't on TV regular or anything over here at that time. And I had all the VHSs of them. I think I can't remember how many volumes there were, about 60, 70 odd. Might have been more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Easy. And then, of course, fucking a few years later, VHS went down and what's it? And I'm left with all these videos that I can't watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this fucking fire hazard in your basement. And then, of course, it's like, oh, that, all that money I spent on them. And it was like, what a waste. What an absolute waste. But yeah, that cliffhanger is something else, isn't it? Something yeah. else. Cool, man. That's pretty much your week in Star Wars, dude. <laughs> Star Trek? Ah, fuck! <laughs> uh, so I didn't realize we were. I, I thought we'd gone into favorite episodes. Today. No, no, we I didn't realize we were still on my yeah. week. <laughs> yeah. So, Kev, what's your week in Star Trek? Well, pretty much like yours, Ed. Not, a, not too much. But I have been similar to uh, Jimmy. I have been binging um, Deep Space Nine again. I've gone through that. So a few days ago, I'm on to season three. Um, I've watched, I think it's called Visionary or something, the episode. So I'm just re-watching DS9 again because, like you say, Netflix, it's fucking easy to binge in it. And it's just no problem. So I want to get through all them. It probably took me weeks. But yeah, nothing else. Star trek I'm just re-going through um, DS9. So nice. I'm about halfway through season three. So, yeah, but I haven't seen what I want to watch. I want to go through it again because I want to watch the documentary that came out about it, um, which I know you went to see, Jimmy, didn't you, at the cinema? Mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine. And you mm-hmm. said it was great, wasn't it? It's um, fantastic. What was it called? Can you remember? It was done by Ira Stephen Bear. What We Left Behind, looking back at behind. DS9. Yeah. It was uh, 20, 20 years, I think. 25 years. Yeah. That's it, yeah. And I never saw it here at the cinema, but I want to re- I just want to redo DS9 again and then watch that when I finish. So if I can get that done in the next few weeks, I can watch that mm-hmm. documentary and bring myself up to date. But that, that's all it was for me. I'm just re-watching DS9 again. Nice, nice. I'm actually also in the middle of a rewatch of DS9 on season four, wrapping up season four right now. Ah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good stuff with the Dominion. Again, other revolutionary shit with DS9 similarly with the best of both worlds is that you had people like ronald moore come in who we all know is made famous from battlestar galactica that remake mm-hmm. uh, and the storytelling and the arc that the way they shaped those episodes he basically learned how to do that with star trek deep space nine and when they basically introduced the dominion like everything about the dominion more that was all ronald d moore which is really cool 
yeah no fa- it's it's really some really cool like fascinating stuff and you can get it from that uh what we left behind ds9 trailer from ira Stephen bear who uh helped like co-produce and direct and all that stuff for it so what we want to do is uh as tradition with what we do here on these scruffy looking podcasters we want to have an are you kidding me so are you kidding me is where we take anything and start track <laughs> <laughs> That makes one say, Are you kidding me? So let's fucking do it! Oh, Alright! So, wait, 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 I'm gonna play the thing. Let me play the thing. Ooh, let's do it, it's Scotty. Are you kidding me? A surprise, to be sure. But it worked. Are you like, kidding me? I like how we've got Palpatine on there. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Perfect. welcome one. So, my little, little Are You Kidding Me, which some of, I don't know if you know, but I just stumbled across this one time, and it's to do with Picard, and it's to do with the theme music from Picard. Um, and I, I, I stumbled across this on the internet, which is a wonderful thing. And my favorite episode of The Next Generation is The Inner Light, where Picard lives a lifetime in so long. And one of the scenes in that, um, he's, I think he's talking to his wife in it, and there is a his son in the background called Bataille is playing some music, and the music that he is playing is the theme music that they use on Picard. Oh no, no way on the flute! Oh, that's so. Cool. If you if you go that. back and listen to it, and there's a little scene just before he goes, <coughs> the theme is based on that. It's not Picard's flute. It's not Picard's theme. There's a scene where his son is playing the flute and you hear it in the background. And if you go back, you can hear it. And it just clicks and you just go, wow. And apparently the composer has said that he took that and put that into the theme song. So That's so cool. Wh- which episode is it from? Or the Inner Light. Okay. Which is my favorite episode of Next Generation. That is it's really? where Picard lives a lifetime in, in so long and everything yes. it's just a- they they come across this probe that's like thousands of years old and it's- they inter and they interact with it and it scans him and like basically puts picard into a coma for the entire episode which only takes like five minutes in real time but 25 years in his mind yeah he lives that lifetime doesn't he in that whole time so he he has children he gets married obviously mm-hmm. plays- Learn, you know- learns how to play this instrument yeah. Does the episode end where he's got the instrument in his hand and he's just staring at it? Yeah, and he plays it, doesn't he? Yeah, it's such it's, a good episode. Mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. I think it's just one of the best pieces of yeah. science on TV. Not just Next Generation. It's an extraordinary episode. Mm. But there is a little scene in that one. If you go back, where he's talking to his wife out, and I think his son then is playing the flute in the background, and you can hear the Picard theme that he plays. That's they, brilliant. TV show. That's so, awesome. Are you kidding me, Captain? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Uh, do you remember? Thank the God we have someone that can do a Scottish accent. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody who lives close enough to him out there. Do you remember, uh, Kev or Chris, the episode with Commander Darren? Now, Commander Darren was Picard's, say, hot squeeze for one episode. She played the piano for him. She was a That's later on, officer. isn't it? She wrote later the piano on. out. 
Yeah, on the, she on un- the floor, which, yes. Again, again, really cool. I'm going to unroll this piano that like folds up into this thing and then mm-hmm. plays the duets with Picard on the same flute from that episode in a light. Yes. yes, I do remember that. I can't remember what the episode's called, but I can remember because she sits down and like rolls the piano out and starts playing and then he's like playing with her as like a duet, isn't it? It's um oh, it's, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. And I and I like that episode. That was one of my favorite episodes yeah. because we really see Picard break out of his shell of being non emotional and not so stoic and basically a tight ass. <laughs> and just really loosen up and let his guard down and like become emotionally attached to someone and we see how like it really affects him at the end of the episode and he thinks that she dies on an away message. Away mes- mission, excuse me. Doesn't that happen in uh, Captain's Holiday with Bash when he just basically <laughs> lets his guard down and goes on a holiday? <laughs> Fucking oh, great. <laughs> looks like an absolute boss wearing like <laughs> safari shorts <laughs> shirt. Well, no, I just no, no. It's just, I. That's why I kind of purged that from my memory. <laughs> that's great. That episode, fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's in in who? Where do we see Vash again? We see Vash again in D Space Nine, Qless, yeah. with John Delancey present. You hit me. Picard never hit me. <laughs> I'm not Picard. How fortunate oh, for me. God. Anyways, um, so let's talk about Picard. So we've had a couple episodes. We've had ten episodes, short length. Kind of broken them down into three arcs so we have basically episodes one through three there's remembrance maps and legends and the end is the beginning which i kind of call as the what the hell is going on arc (laughs) we get the first look at picard after you know 22 odd years of whatever the hell's been going on because fuck you books we get a look at sort of it's the end of the 24th century uh 14 years after his retirement from starfleet we find out that he's a retired admiral which is pretty cool and I can't believe he got let himself be promoted because if you remember from Star Trek Generations, Captain Kirk says, don't get promoted. Don't let them promote yeah. you. Don't let them do anything that gets you out of that chair. And I'm like, come on, Captain. I mean, Admiral or whatever. And we're, he's visited by or we're introduced to one of the sort of co-main characters, uh, Dodge, Issa Briones, um, in need of his help because she is attacked by these some sort of antagonist in these clothing and stuff like that. They come together. She dies at the hands of these Romulans. We find out that there are these Romulan caretakers with him. We find out that Mars has been attacked because they're trying to save Romulus. We don't know why. All the androids, what they're called synthetics now, they've been, uh, they've rebelled and destroyed everything on Mars, trying to build a fleet to save Romulus because we find out from the Kelvin timeline the world was going to explode, or the sun it was anyways, but trying to like undo that whole conundrum box of worms uh we spend the first three episodes of sort of building up what's going on here um anything special we sort of uh you guys want to call out on like we're introduced to uh crystal ball rios uh captain rios of his little starship what was it called the um the la serena that's what it was called uh, it was like yeah, a weird yeah. it's a weird looking ship too i like I didn't it really like I, no, I do too. I, I do like it. It's just like, ah, I mean, I guess I really miss like seeing, you know, the bridge of a starship. Yeah. With, like a lot of people in uniforms running around and stuff like that. Um, it was, I mean, this obviously with this being the first show without any member of Starfleet in it, I did kind of like the ship because it had a bit of a, 
lived in grubby fucking feel to it, didn't it? I was going to say know? it has a Star Wars feel to it. It did. <laughs> it did. I didn't want to say it, but, you know, it, yeah. You know, I like the fact that there was no carpet on it anywhere. Yeah, I know, I know, right? Oh, my or, God. Or, or no wood paneling <laughs> on the control decks. <laughs> I mean, true, I really true. Like I didn't even that. think of that. I didn't think no, that's that. true. That's true. They definitely upgraded the aesthetic from the late 80s, early 90s Star Trek era. <laughs> I, I mean, they, the 60s one. The 60s. Well, they had to go from the 60s to TNG. It's like, we got to totally turn this around. And then when they did Picard, like, oh, we got to turn this way back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we find See, out. A, hmm? No, with the Rios one. Are they, are like, because he has all the holograms set up in as well, doesn't he? All the little. Doctors and little holograms that he produces and how all that lot. Cool, how cool is that? So we I, are, we have the EMH, the emergency medical hologram, which we do see in there, but then we find out that there are other ones like the tactical, the navigation, the housekeeper. Mm. Some it kind of harked back to from Voyager, though, didn't it? Um, with the, the doctor in that, who then appears later on in, I can't remember what he appears in. Um, what's the doctor from Voyager? Yeah, it's, yeah, it do, that's it. Yeah, he comes back in in that, and you kind of go, is it a little nod to that, that they're all just a general, you know, kind of projection and hologram that they can all use, isn't it? That, that I'm presuming he's just replicated and done for that ship, which yeah. is that's quite cool, that. I quite like that. I like that they all have their own personality. Yeah. Like the, ta- the tactical, the tactical uh, hologram is like this drunk Spanish dude. Who just speaks in <laughs> Spanish the entire time? Yeah, it's like every it's like, every role oh, is a different. Yeah, every role is a different personality of it or side of him. It's kind of funny. Like the, the natu- doctor is his like caring side, and then naturally the engineer is you know some sort of Scotsman. Yeah. Ooh, and your new captain. What what was this football that he was playing in it? Like some future. Stick football that he had that he oh, played soccer ball he was kicking around. I was like, holy shit, this dude's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me put this bomb in it. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, later on. Yeah, that was yeah, a well, bit. Yeah, we'll get to that later on. But, yeah, okay. Uh, we're introduced to Raffi, uh, Raffi Musker, uh, Michelle Hurd, Hurd and Scene, who also we find out was a former member of Starfleet, really attached to Jean Luc JL, which that's kind of a cute little pet name it's is, is it weird to see someone like so close to him that's not one of the original tng casts it took me a while that jimmy i'm not yeah. gonna lie right i felt right? i felt like because my knowledge is so limited i thought should i know who this is because they'd got such a bond together mm. mm-hmm. and i i yeah no i say what I, what i find weird with that and I, I didn't it's obviously he'd known her and they'd got this past together but I found it odd that it was implied that he'd not really contacted her for so long. You know, I think in the show, I think, is it like 15 years that they hadn't talked or something? And she'd obviously hit rock bottom and become this alcoholic and she was Drug estranged user. from a, yeah, and estranged from a son. And you mm-hmm. think, wouldn't John Luke have kind of took some interest in that? Well, I, I think the idea is he he made a decision. He personally made a decision that, like, fucked her career over so then mm. if he was to go and try yeah, th- and help her, she would refuse it because she hates him. Because of yeah. it. Yeah. Right? I, 
I, I agree, but I Some, just felt it that she could have called her every point. once in a while. Yeah, I mean, yeah. She kind of she inferred that she was like, "You could have checked in on me every once in a while." You but dick. but you can see why he didn't, <laughs> right? Like like because obviously she hates him for doing what he did a little bit. And oh, I mean, well, clearly there's an animosity, and, there and when, he doesn't want to like make the fire bigger or whatever. You know what I mean? No, for sure, for sure. But there is this. This this underlying like arrogance and hubris is shown by in the first episode with that admiral is like what fucking hubris and I'm just like oh it's the first time we've had an f bomb in Star Trek I think oh, Discovery had anyways Discovery did have it did they have a fuck in there yeah they had two they had two they fucks had two fucks in there. fake fan <laughs> yeah. hey, oh. go back season one. You know, I need to stop rewatching DS9 and start rewatching Discovery. Yep. That's, that's I think so. between um, the Doctor and what's the, the red-haired oh, cadet, girl? Cadet, oh, Tilly, Tilly, yeah, I fucking love yeah, that. I like her. Something Tilly. like that. She's yeah, fucking great. Some shit. Goes, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. So they, fuck that yeah, that's first. right. Yeah, so the first F-bombs were in Discovery. But then, yeah. because of the backlash of that, didn't yeah. use them again. They never right. had them again, so... To have it so frequently in Picard, I never really I know, got, used, that was great. got used to that. I'm going to be honest. Coming from me, that sounds quite ironic, but <laughs> that's um, yeah, it's it's completely threw me off. As was the whole catch with um, Michelle Hurd with Raffi and all that as well. But also, was really cool is all the freaking little Easter eggs and like little droplets that they just dropped throughout all of these episodes in this 10 episode season about references and callbacks and did you knows and like we had this guy um dr moritz benayoun played by david paymer former medical officer on the stargazer let's just drop in the stargazer real quick he mentions that he still has that lingering parietal lobe abnormality that was featured in All Good Things, the final episode of uh, Star yeah. Trek The Next Generation, like showing that in the future he has this thing that they just can't cure. Um, so that's a whole lingering thing throughout throughout the whole thing. But I want to go on to sort of Act 2 from here. We can kind of keep going with all this. But Act 2, I say we let's hit the road. That's what I call this. So we have uh, what the hell's going on? Now we're going to let's hit the road. Absolute candor. They're on. They're on their uh, La Serena. They're going to Free Cloud to find Bruce Maddox, which we talked about from uh, Measure of a Man, because they got to figure out what's going on. Why was Dodge killed? We need to find Soji, her sister, because we find out these androids are made with twins, and somehow they were created with a neuron from Data that was copied into B four from Star Trek Nemesis, which fucking blowing our minds already with all these little weird tie-ins and stuff but ultimately <laughs> shit gets a little bit weird we go to free cloud we pick up the ninja nun uh elnor which i will say is i think he's my favorite character in the picard series right now elnor well so so you're mentioning oh. all these tie-ins and you're getting excited about it and i'm like yeah i didn't catch like any of that but then <laughs> but then i'm like why doesn't star wars do this because I watch Picard and not catching all these times, and I'm like, fine. I still loved it. And then you're you're catching the times, and absolutely, I can tell, fucking absolutely loving it. And I'm like, why doesn't Star Wars do this? Like, Star Wars does it to an extent, but it, it's not like, I feel like it's not this, I mean, you can attest to it. It's not to this degree. Well, they do it, right? but... It- yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I feel like Star Wars goes way too out of its way to highlight it. 
be like, look, look, look. Whereas in Picard, it's just like uh, when, I, when I was a bridge officer in the Reliant, standing on the bridge at night, is like the Reliant, like the USS Reliant from Star Trek II Wrath of Khan <laughs> before that shit was blown up. Like, yeah. wait a minute, you were there? How does that time continuity thing happen? That's a whole separate story. Oh, uh, okay. I agree but, with Jimmy um, there that, that Star Wars does tend to put it in your face and go, do you remember this and do you remember that? Although, when we get to Picard, let's not talk episode seven just yet. <laughs> when, the nostal- <laughs> when the nostalgia bomb hits fucking oh, fuck. big time. Mm. Oh my God, I know, I know, right? Um, so we go to uh, into our second round, we're hitting the road, we see Bruce Maddox, we meet Bruce Maddox, Bruce Maddox dies. New, moving on, uh, we go on to this weird. Uh, they're at Free Cloud in this episode, Stardust City Rag. They wait, wait, wait. This- Back to Bruce Maddox, real quick. Is he. Yeah. Do you see him at all in Star Trek before this? Like, like person? Yes. The only time you saw him was in Measure of a Man. Which you the mentioned. The only earlier. time we saw him. Yeah, which we mentioned earlier. <laughs> Different actor, so I wouldn't try to draw any uh, similarities from it. And his role in Picard was, he's talked about a whole lot, but he was in it for, I mean, how many minutes of screen time? Very few. Um, but granted, hey, if Jimmy, they did... Jimmy, act- do, you, do you know if there was any reason why, the, I mean, this may be a silly question, but why they didn't use the same actor? I don't know. I mean, very well could have been. Clearly, just obviously, we'll get to the, the arc as we go, because when Hugh comes back, the Borg from... Iborg, it's the same actor, obviously mm-hmm, Seven of Nine, mm-hmm. etc., etc. Mm-hmm. I always thought at first, because my first thought when I saw Bruce Maddox was like, is that the same dude? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because obviously he's clearly older, and and then I thought, that's definitely not him. And then I I went back and had a look, and it was obviously a different actor. I mean, it doesn't, didn't really matter. It wasn't crucial, but... Oh, no, yeah, it wasn't a big deal, but I'm surprised. I mean, is, he, is he still alive, the original actor, or is he... Is he just too old? Because obviously, that would have been what Measure of Man would have been about nineteen ninety. Would it have been? I would have thought something like that. Yeah, it was. Good. I mean, it was late. It was late eighties, uh, probably eighty nine, maybe when that episode mm-hmm. came out. Um, I, I mean, it's cool. It's fine that they didn't. It's so far like removed that it wouldn't be a big deal. It was just cool that they were able to bring in so many past actors um, for these roles. It wasn't, it's not really a, you know, a pick I want to knit on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. See, as soon as that name in the show was mentioned, I just went straight back. I was like, Oh, great. You know, it, that's a great tie in of obviously with the AI and the artificial life and so on and so forth. <clears throat> we'll get, you know, obviously from the first, arc that you said when data's in it originally and you kind of thought ah i can see where we're going now mm-hmm. with that yeah. whole you know so the, AI a- stuff the actor is brian boffy boffy mm-hmm. Bra- yep. and he's still alive he's 61 huh. so he easily could have played it easily yep. could have played it could have been a thing of like he just didn't want to do it maybe maybe possibly more likely than not, because a lot of people like they do their thing and it's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm really not a big Star Trek fan, anyways. Maybe who knows? Whatever. Yeah. And maybe they just didn't even ask him because sometimes movie people can be jerks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you get the Stardust City Rag episode. They link up with Bruce Maddox. They save him. Turns out he is killed. Ex girlfriend killed. Doctor Agnes Gerardi, which they picked up on Earth at the Daystrom Institute. Again, another cool throwback. Daystrom. Um, the uh, Dr. Agnes Girardi, basically robot nerd, 
you know, she's the scientific brain of this whole thing. Bruce Maddox's ex-girlfriend or some sort of romantic relation there. And she kills him. What the Ooh. hell? Yeah. Did you, f- did you think, though, that there was something suspicious about her from the start? Nope. Yes. I didn't. I thought I she did. was... I, I thought did. she had a love for it. and then, I mean, as you, as, you, as you learn that she had the mind meld with Cho or whatever her name the is, then, then you're like, okay, Miranda there's something... Ho. Ho. Oh. Oh, mm. sorry. Oh. I, Not I, Ho. I, Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Oh uh, then, oh, then I started okay. suspecting, but from the beginning, not really. Like, she had a genuine love for AI, and you know, uh, I was excited right. for her character. And then now it's like taking such a weird twist. Um, it's excited, mm. it's exciting seeing her character arc go. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, that Commander O could rock some shades, couldn't she? Holy oh my shit. god, oh, yeah. with pointy ears, too. <laughs> I, Damn, I think. <laughs> Was, I think this is the first. I know we've had them before. There have been sunglasses. There are star. There are star glasses in Sun Trek. There are sunglasses in Star Trek. But just like when she's just chilling there, and all of a sudden the camera just pans over, and Commodore O is just sitting there, just staring lasers into this woman's brain, being like, "Hello, I'm here," and then Commodore O. It just looked yeah. pretty badass. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic, and. But the only thing that I sensed was a suspicion was because she had appeared there. And then later that episode when she shot the Romulan, the Jatfas guy in the back at Picard Chateau. Where the hell did she get that friggin' plasma disruptor rifle? Mm. Right? The guy rushed in through the door and she shot him in the back from the outside. Where would she have gotten a rifle like that? Are you sure you didn't miss a scene like you did in the Mandalorian? No, <laughs> no, I definitely checked this one. I like the Mandalorian where he she got it from the armorer. From the armorer, she got the Romulan armorer outside. She's like, I'm chaotic neutral. I can get services here. Oh my god! Oh, but no, man. I, I, I think there's that scene early on when commander ho goes to see her doesn't she she goes commander to see Gerati, yeah. yeah and they do that little mind meld and straight away i was like boom yeah, yeah she's this can't some, end well right this yeah. she's gonna do some bad shit so all the way through um i was kind of thinking yeah she's gonna something's gonna happen with it i was suspecting something all the way that she was gonna do some yeah bad shit yeah so after we have the whole dress up, cool little weird thing at Stardust City Rag, we're introduced to Seven of Nine, who is completely disconnected from whatever Voyager's arc was before. She's a basically a renegade Robin Hood style type running through protecting the Ranger. Ranger. Fenris Ranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they uh moving along, they discover that Soji, Dodge's twin sister, is on the Borg reclamation project. So it's a Borg cube that was in Romulan space that basically shut down when they assimilated uh, a small group of Romulans, we find out, on a scout ship. And we find out one of those Romulans that was assimilated was a member of the Jat Fash. And when the Borg assimilated her memory of basically Armageddon, hell, living hell, which is what the Jat Fash is trying to do with getting rid of the synthetics, we come to find out. Spoiler alert. Um... The uh, basically the board cannot handle it, and they just shut that shit down. 
It's just like, nope, can't deal with it. No way. And so basically with the with Romulus being destroyed, hence the Kelvin timeline, the Romulans are kind of scattered in their in their space. You know, different sort of factions tend to grow and the primary group of the Romulans, the part of it, they're whatever remaining of the governments with this Borg reclamation project basically scavenging it for parks. Yeah, Ed, do you have a question? Yeah. Well, um I like how you know how they always put the Romulans as the antagonist, right? Like if they're they like most of the time or all of the time up till this point, Romulans are kind of just the evil guys, and in Picard you find out there's some that aren't, there's some that are, there's some that aren't. You know, it's back well, and forth. Well, what do you think about that though? Like, so they're ultimately they're trying to save the galaxy, trillions of lies mm-hmm. by destroying all the synthetics. Does that make them like chaotic good? Uh, as Obi-Wan says, it's a certain point of view, right? Yeah. Third scene. I like I mean, his Romulan uh, butlers. Oh, mate, she's lovely. <laughs> God, <laughs> all oh. of them were amazing. They were so that good. Irish Irish his, yeah, <laughs> right, right. Quote, she was awesome. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, how about uh, when they had the Romulan prisoners? Like, oh, he's a, he's a, was a, he's a thick-head from the north, or he's a thick-headed northerner like you. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean because you see the different type of like physical rep- representations of Romulans. Like they have a slightly enlarged forehead, so it's like northerner or something like that, and she doesn't because obviously throughout the years of Romulans when they were introduced in the original series, the Next Generation DS Nine, and here makeup artist is going to change over time. So how do you address like the really shitty makeup that they had in TOS and TNG with the new cool makeup that they have now? He's like, oh yeah, that's just from a different region of Romulus. The northern. So, northern. Yeah. northern. Thick-headed northerner. I fucking loved it. I was like, ah, yeah. I immediately thought of like, ooh, my boy's from Winterfell. Boy's yeah. in the north. <laughs> that Romulan, he knows nothing. <laughs> yeah. He's as thick-headed as you are. That was great. That was great. Um, so they eventually they make it to the to the board queue. We're introduced to Hugh, and Hugh we find out um, from I I Borg. What season was that, Kev? Chris, like season two, three? I Borg is that must be four. Maybe four? four. Maybe beginning yeah, of four. It's, it's going to be after Best of Both Worlds, isn't oh, it? Oh, so, you're right. You're right. It is. Yeah. So it's going to be. Yeah, I think it's it's either four or five. I would. I'm not entirely sure what season that is um yes so Uh, that was great that was great when he turned up great long long story short hugh hugh is a former borg that was he was a former borg that was free and basically his life's mission is to free other borg and free them from the collective to become humans or individuals again obviously not humans um so there's a very 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 big showdown picard goes there he meets with hugh they they reconcile like it's so good to see you i don't care what you hear i'm going to help you and they try to locate soji they do um the bad guy romulans are after them and they transport themselves with this very convenient throwback to a Star Trek Voyager episode um, where they tr- basically walk through a transporter in the Queen's Hive cube quarters on the cube and they send her all the way to Nepente, 40,000, not 40,000 light years away, but that, that would be not correct, but really friggin' far away um, to Deanna Troy and former <gasps> Captain William Riker. Woo! Oh! I love this episode so much. When they- yeah, you want to talk. 
Yeah, you want to talk about throwing Easter or Easter eggs and throwbacks everywhere in there. Dude, this was the Rivendell of this season, right? Yes, totally. Like it's like the totally. safe haven. <clears throat> Loved it. Absolutely. And there's oh, yeah. so much throwback. The music even. The music, you know, like the little like nods mm-hmm. at next generation i absolutely loved it uh i know chris has a little chris we know what chris looks for small <laughs> what no or or a compliment was it a compliment on riker's um compliment. big compliment big big compliment oh it's an absolute yeah. absolute lad isn't he like riker is is a bit of a noble one isn't he a fucking lad let's be honest <laughs> i mean no one else gets on a chair like that did he <laughs> no, no, who doesn't? Leg Draper. Yeah. Leg Draper and Riker. I mean, until him and Troy get serious, he's basically drilling his way through like every race he can. <laughs> yeah. And like, my favorite food of all time is pizza. So to finally see him, like, again, looking like a fucking cool bastard with his white beard, and what's he doing? Making pizza. I was like, <laughs> you are a lad. Dude, that guy fucks. Right, oh, that's right. That's right. He's still yeah, fucks. He's got to keep his head in the game while he's fucking, because she knows exactly what he's thinking about. I know, man. I know, dude. You know I mean? Oh, that's right. There's no hiding that. There's no hiding that shit, is there? Oh, he can't be, like, thinking about rubbish stuff just to, like, keep himself <laughs> going a bit longer, can he? Because you know, <laughs> true. That's true. Like, why, how do you do that? All time. Oh. That's why he's learning how to cook rabbit sausage to put on pizza. Can you imagine? She's like, why are you thinking about baseball? Why why are you thinking about baseball? Why are you thinking about... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Why do you have a headache? You don't seem like you have a headache. (laughs) But yeah, I love this episode, though. Um, I got really emotional when Troy... Obviously, sensed there was something wrong with Picard. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that was like <clears throat> a bit much for me. Mm-hmm. Well, and also too, and this brings it back to the whole hubris thing. Like Picard shows up and he's like, "I'm not going to tell you why I'm here. I need to do this, and I'll be on my way." You know what I mean? Clearly, by injecting him there. He has to get them involved just for their own yeah. safety. And Riker yeah. calls him out for that, and so does Troy. And Troy is basically like, "Listen, like we lost one kid. Um, apparently, they had a firstborn child who died of a disease that could have been cured if neural net technology was available. And clearly, since the synths were banned, that technology wasn't there anymore. So their child passed away, unfortunately. But they had another girl who was super cool." And uh, basically, that's that loss has really haunted them. You know, loss of a child. I can't even, don't even want to match it as a noob dad myself. But seeing Troy break down and Picard is like, I'm not as brave as I used to be anymore. Like, I don't know if I could do this anymore. And like, in that moment of like complete just just sadness and loss, Picard just says like, No, you're getting wiser. And it's like, Ah, oh, yeah, still a mm-hmm. badass. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's what I mean, man. He's just got yeah. the words, hasn't he? All the time. He does. <laughs> He's a master at that shit. Yeah, yeah but I'm write, writing for him, like, it must be brilliant to, like, but also daunting, like, given the task oh, yeah. of writing dialogue for Picard. Mm. I'm going to say for a character know. like that, for a character like that to write 
you know, profound yeah. for him. Sort of and thing. knowing the actor but, behind it. It's oh, oh, sweet my God. I mean, the Shakespearean train, uh, Sir <clears throat> Patrick Stewart. Like, he. So if you guys haven't checked it out, go online. Fucking stop. Pause this fucking shitty podcast. Go online <laughs> right now. Go to Twitter. Go to Instagram. Go to wherever the hell. Find Patrick Stewart. He is reading a sonnet a day. Yes. Um, out of this, like, complete works of uh, sonnets that by uh, William Shakespeare that someone in America published and put together or whatever. He's just reading one straight through every day. And it's just, this is like my bedtime story. I don't even know what the hell he is saying. He is using some <laughs> old knob gibberish or some shit like that you guys talk about <laughs> up there. But it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's Picard. It's Cats Picard. Yeah. He's fucking reading me to sleep. Oh, yeah. Beautiful, bless it. Beautiful, but yeah, he's such a man with words, and I mean, and it's not just the writing. Like the actor himself, he brings so much of his of his of his character into it. Like this is the Shakespearean captain, and it's fucking glorious. Yeah, but but boys, that that episode though, I know it was like nostalgia, but honestly, the one scene that got me in that was when Riker and Picard were sitting on the late side. <sighs> And holy shit, it's just that one bit when Riker puts his arm around him and Picard just sort of, and he's like, I've always got you and I'm always there. I was fucking gone. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. I was like, yeah. this this what show was, just got fucking. What was the line real. Riker said? Um, it was something about like, uh, I would have tried to stop you, but I couldn't because I knew like, like to save yeah, the galaxy it, or whatever. I can't remember what he said, but it was like, yup. Totally, you know, like your heart just went like, mm, it got full, and you're like, yeah, that's Picard, baby, saving the galaxy over anything else. Yeah, sweet. Oh, that scene was just something else, though. Honestly, that that scene was brilliant. Just took me straight back. You know, when you talk about characters and next gen char- characters that you love, that scene was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, amazing. I mean, Riker says to him, sitting on that thing, is like. I didn't think you had any business retiring in the first place. Yes, that's part Ugh. of it. That's part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And because like, and you were right. Thank <laughs> you, Will. Was that Bane? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Speak of the devil and he shall appear. <laughs> Nobody cared about me until I put on the mask. <laughs> it would be extremely painful for you. <laughs> you grew up in the dark. I was born in it. All right. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so we're, let's enter arc number three. Uh, so they leave are our we, boy Riker and Troy there. Jimmy, have we talked about the the um, Romulans that were obviously trying to get all the information from Soji? And not, everything? not yet. I kind of thought we could get into this, yeah. this last have, one here because we don't want this to go on for four hours either. Yeah, have, you, okay. have you talked about the name of Troy's and Riker's son or daughter? Uh, Kestra, I think her name was Kestra. That was her yeah, name. Yes, yep. That was actually, uh, you know, loves language. She's a pacifist. Uh, they had a, and their, her brother was Thad. I don't think, I thought I kept thinking yes, Thaxter, Thad. but it was Thad. But, um, Cool. So again, like more instances of them picking out nits and you know nits and bits and bips and bobs and who's its and what's its and everything else from like old written stuff that's been around for a while that now you can actually come out mm. and, and bring it back in, but in a very subtle way. Like you, it just makes it a good story. Like ah, oh, Kestra, what a cool friggin' name, sweet. Whereas the hardcore person like me or somebody else, they'd be like, oh my god, it's 
amazing. <laughs> that was so, in this and that. Oh my god. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll get we'll get to the antagonist in the third arc of this thing. So we we figure out that you know uh, Doctor Girardi. She realizes that she's been kind of played. Um, this was a tracker implanted with her that Commodore O stuck into her. Because when they leave this cube, they're followed by this Romulan agent. And this Romulan agent Narek. He's part of Jatfash, and he has been basically manipulating Soji this entire time, trying to get her to dig deep into her positive, you know, into her neural net to figure out where their home world is. Because they imagine a home world full of these androids and synthetics that are just planning to destroy the entire galaxy, and Jat Fosh is there to destroy them. We find out Commodore O is sort of the lead at the top of this sort of food chain. Um, there's the uh, the sister of Narek. Gosh, what's her name? Help me, guys. Sister of Which- Narek? Oh, uh... Yeah. Mon Mothma. I got um, so- uh, Nerissa. Narissa, okay. So we have Narissa, uh, which is sister to Narek. They're the Jatfash agents trying to figure out the home world where Soji's from so they can go and just absolutely annihilate these people and wipe them from the face of the galaxy. Um, they figure out a way. They're manipulating Soji. Like she, They figure out that she dreams. She cries. She has emotions. She's slowly revealing like bits about herself internally that she's like, oh man, I might not be who I am, where she scans everything in her quarters and everything is only 36 months old. And clearly she's like a young 20-something year-old young woman professional. Um, So we get to the point where she's trying to get killed because Narek has the information. Now they go speeding off to their home world, Cornelius or whatever the hell the world, Copulus. Um, (laughs) Cornelius! They finally, you know, the the, the, the final two pieces at Nargio Ego Part 1 and 2, using Borg information that she found on the Reclamation Project, Soji, like, takes the La Serena into this Borg transwarp conduit. This is getting some real weird shit here now, guys. So just brace yourselves. Lock in tight. We're going in. They go through the Borg transwarp conduit. Mm. (laughs) Conduit. That was really described in Star Trek Voyager. That's kind of really how they got back to the Alpha Quadrant at the end of uh, Voyager. But they basically save a lot of time by getting there. I know. Sorry. Mm. They made it back. They they make it to basically the home world or the research base of Dr. Bruce Maddox, where all these androids and synthetics were created. Um, so they arrive to discover a planet full of them, and they're all sort of like weird versions of Data as well. Like, we see a lot of them that have Data's eyes, a skin complexion. We find out that Data has a fucking brother. Like, real-life flesh-and-bone biological brother. Brent Spiner. In the yeah, flesh. That's yeah. not lol. Again. But it's not lol. I know. I, I don't know how I feel about that. That was a little bit kind of, like, too convenient, maybe. Like, of course. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, Data's got a brother, and it's the mad scientist from Independence Day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Release me! Release me! (laughs) Die! Or he was the cruise ship singer from Out the Sea with Walter Matthau and John Lennon. Speaking of speaking of actors that just that are just like I don't know if it's plagued or won the lottery with there, he's just like Data. Like he can't play anything else. No, Without he really can't. About it, right? I mean, it's his voice. Like people kind of change their voice or their inflection or their tone or the timbre when they speak as an actor or whatever as a character. Brent Spiner doesn't. 
like that data is Brent Spiner and Brent Spiner is data. Like there is no going back from this in any event. So anyways, long story short, Dr. Soong, uh, partner, Bruce Maddox, eventually were working together to build these synthetics, make them human, make them like living, breathing, thinking, evolving beings. Um, with Bruce Maddox gone, which I don't know why he kind of left to begin with, why you need to stay there. But um, we have Data's brother, who's there, mad scientist, kind of, you know, maybe chaotic neutral, you know, kind of interesting guy. Um, going through this whole thing of, you know, why the Romulans on their way to kill you, the whole decision of, like, they're destroying you because you're going to destroy them, even though you're all peaceful. Like, what did you guys think of that whole sort of conundrum where the good guy is the bad guy, bad guy is the good guy? I mean, I, I kind of liked it. I mean, it made sense when... Ner- was that her mom, Nurse's mom, that was the half-Borg, or Borg, like, uh, convert, and she was like, you are the destroyer, and she pointed at Sochi. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. So, her like, aunt, her, her aunt. aunt. Sorry, and yeah. it, like it made sense that she would point at her when it's actually the one that looks like Sochi on that planet that was just Janissa or Jenna, Jenna, I think. Yeah, I can't remember her name, but yeah, I like that connection. That was good. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, well, we find out too, Rios' ex captain. Um, yeah, that was a great little. What's we're it? out yeah. there on the outer rim. Yes. They discovered the Cornelius uh, Copulus planet. Um, they made first contact. It apparently, got back to Commodore O or Starfleet security, and basically ordered Rios's captain just to be like execute on the spot. Like, yeah, what the hell? Mm. Mm-hmm. See, this is where at this point, I think in this arc, and I think it's. It's either episode eight or nine where it all just went. I don't know if you watch it. It all just went a bit too Westworld for me. You know, with all the you, you can't do tell the stuff in there. But, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I kind of just thought, oh fuck, this is. I've seen all this in Westworld, and it's like, well, the fact of putting a human brain and a human mind into a synthetic life and getting all that i mean it did it differently and it didn't really go in that what's it but i was kind of thought uh, it's just the way to go for this show now do you know what i mean i don't know what if you watch westworld but i kind of thought it didn't this show didn't do it as well as that yeah. for me do you know what i mean at that point and yeah, yeah it was just i i, I didn't, know, I I didn't of, get those feelings although i i did get the feeling like it makes sense the way they went with AI, like yeah, he, like yeah. the way Data was going, like and how he started having you know uh, feelings at certain points in the movies, and and like obviously it was a going to evolve that way, and then there was going to be a conflict with the human race or just living races, just like in the Matrix, biologics. And, yeah, biologics. So I thought that was an okay path for them. But yeah, I see what you're saying, Kev, where like, there are similarities where you're like, wait, is that a AI or is it a... Mm. Well, you sit there going, is this, fu- is this, what's it? Is this real? Is that real? And stuff like that. I mean, yeah. even in, in a way, similarities to uh, Battlestar Galactica as well and things like that. And, but... I, I suppose in some yeah, I mean in some respect with with the old Picard, I, I had a, what I liked with the show from the start was 
the Picard connection to data and why he had such a personal view of synthetic and artificial life and why he'd fallen out with Starfleet and he felt they'd lost the way and so on and so forth. So when we get to this part of the story with the AIs and stuff, it kind of made sense for Picard and why he was so passionate about it and with the flashbacks mm. with data and all stuff like that, which I did like that. I thought that sort of played quite well. Although that last scene with data did go on way too long. <laughs> Well, that was a little bit weird. So are we are we getting yeah. into the data thing, like where data goes away? We get we've gotten there yet? Yeah, yeah. we're in the last talk. Oh, yeah, so talk. this is so it, like man. that was like such a left, not a left turn in a bad way. It was like a whoa, this is happening kind of thing. And so I guess his consciousness was still around somewhere, saved in a USB drive or something. Well, and, yeah, well, it was, yeah. <laughs> And like, like you know, you're all scared. Picard's gonna die. That's 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 where the show is driving me at. Like, Picard's sick. He's gonna die. Goodbye, Picard. There's only gonna be one season. That's where I was going with in my head. And then suddenly, it's like a goodbye to Data. Mm, right? Yeah. yeah. What'd you guys yeah. think of that? Loved it. Well, <laughs> you see, I I was kind of I don't know if it was a good or a bad thing but they'd already announced season two right you yep. know, so, you knew, going on. so you knew he's gonna come out of it somehow <laughs> i i didn't know I, that unless so. unless they were gonna carry on without it but i kind of just thought not not to be what's it but i kind of thought when picard sick was clearly gonna die i kind of thought when that episode happened when data's real life brother was standing over that little official thing going we've tried uh-huh. to put like a mic i thought i think i know why this might end not you know, I thought this could end with that, but let's just see how it plays out. Um, but yeah, when it played out that way, I was kind of—I know Chris loved it, and he was like, "But I was—it—it it took me a while to get used to that." You know, it, it's, it's. Did you still like one it of those though? Like, did did it um, surprise you? I don't know. Like, what kind of feelings were you getting when it suddenly turned into Data saying goodbye or wanting to say goodbye? I, I like that part of it, that but um, oh. with the date thing because that made sense that he kind of wants the closure on it, and I love that part of it. Yes, it was the thing. It's what what it didn't sit right with me straight away was the Picard thing of, you know, they kind of have that conversation around the table, and he kind of says, "I've put you in the same body. I've made mm. you the same because you'd hate being younger and you'd hate doing all that." And it didn't sit right with me at, at the time. I was kind of like. I don't know how I feel about that. Is he Picard now? Is he not? Oh, you you're, know what you're I mean? just talking about the end point with Picard and the like being just just in, in general, a, yeah, in a synthetic body, essentially. Because mm. mm. does he have a little button like Data had on his rib cage? Where he can turn him off. I, don't, I mean, I don't does know. he peel open his head and then it's just a positronic neural net like Jordy always used to do with Data and stuff like that? Like I, that that was my wonder about, and I had a feeling they were going to go that route because earlier that episode yeah, that yeah. you were talking about you could see that they were just like oh yeah bio imprintation imprinting on synthetic body or something like that i was like oh mm. that's how they're going to do it Which was was, the whole the whole season two of westworld was that of like yeah can you put a human mind into a synthetic body and make it work and make it justifiable yeah so when there was that scene when he was over it and it was all and i kind of thought I 
think I kind of know what they're going to do. Let's see where they go. Yeah, it was, do I like this or not? Do you know what I mean? I wasn't yeah. hating it. I wasn't loving it. But it was like, it's going to take some getting used to the fact that it's now no longer Picard, yeah. that it's somebody I, I else would, in, in a way. I would totally say that. Definitely going to take some getting used to. But regardless of it, though, the data scene where they're sitting in that black and gray sort of twilight zone Mate. space of his office that was so cool yeah that was the thing the the i was too dude i was so emotional like i was right on the verge the entire time i was just seeing that i was like ah see this is the this is the closure that they've owed the fans for data since yes nemesis totally agree with that Totally agree. Yeah. Argue about the semantics of like how they did it and how they got there, you know, like synthetic body and a computer transferring, whatever, whatever. Ignore all of that stuff and just focus on the actual moment. Because it doesn't matter how you get to that moment or how you leave that moment. That's the detail stuff of the argument of whether or not you like it or not that Picard is in a synthetic body. The important thing of that was is just seeing that interaction and the closure, all that emotion between Data and Picard, and that was so fucking cool. I loved it. I just loved it. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was executed beautifully as well. Yes, properly. The way the dialogue was fantastic, and the way that they both faded away, and the color of Picard's uniform formed the nebulous in the sky. That was just fucking stunning. Brilliantly, visually done. Yeah, man. Uh, that was that was cool. I mean, where are we going season two after this? Yeah, I mean, like, you essentially see both of them pass away in a nice closure moment. And Picard's yeah. back in a new body. For and a they have new a new season. crew with Soji there, <laughs> there now. And they added in the extra chair on the bridge for them to sit on in that final scene. I was like, wait a minute. There was yeah. no What's fucking extra from? chair there before. Dr. Girardi snuggles up to Captain Rios. Mm-hmm. Oh, they had that all the way through, though, didn't they, in the end? That well, fucking... towards the end, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you guys yeah, think yeah, of no. Rios? What do you think of Rios? I like him a fucking lot. Hey, yeah. In... No? Really? I'm, I'm on the fence like, with him. See, Lukewarm enthusiasm? Come yeah. on. So, I'm lukewarm. So let's talk about it. Han warm? Like, you know, <laughs> you know <clears throat> the whole, with the whole season, when you take all 10 episodes, and I've noticed it tonight with all four of us, the bits that we've really talked about that we like the most have all been stuff from the past, mm-hmm. like Riker, Troy, Seven of Nine, Hugh. Nobody's really meant... My problem... Is the new characters. Same, yeah. Do I like them? I don't really think I do. I like Raffi. I like Raffi a lot. Raffi? I don't, I don't know if I do. I think <laughs> I like... Um, I like Raffi. Alison Pill's character. <laughs> I do like her, Gerardi. I do like her. And I think I, she plays oh, it brilliantly. She's an she's, amazing actress. Um, yeah, she's in Scott Pilgrim, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, and she's Soji's so good. Oh, wow. who's, the, who's the one in Scott Pilgrim? Alison Pill, Dr. Gerardi. Yeah. The blonde girl who kills oh, Bruce Maddox. She's, she's annoying. I quite like she's her. My favorite. She's like a, an, a, like a budget Ellen Page. <laughs> that's what she's, on, that's her, her character, right? Like, I, I think she like, just portrays her character really well. I mm. think. I don't know. Um, Raffi, yeah. Raffi's a tough one for me, the acting. Uh, it's like, it feels a little overacted. And Rios same like it's uh, uh, like Rios is 
Mm. I, I didn't think he I, overacted. I think the I character is pretty good. I'm not sure about the acting on him. I think because like he's, I think because you see him in so many roles, it's like it's not perfect. Actually, to be honest, fully honest with you right now, I almost liked his acting better as the emergency holograms. Yes, yeah, agreed. I agree with that. The way, like the <laughs> yeah, way he portrayed yeah. all of the holograms, the navigational, the tactical like, one, especially my favorite yeah. one. I was like, oh, he's like just speaking to him in Spanish during the fight with the old bird of prey, TOS bird of prey. Oh, that's right. That's oh, right. fuck right? yeah, that was amazing. That yeah, was fucking end, cool. Yeah, ah, love that. It but seemed like he was the that, most comfortable as that. Holog- the medic as all the as all the pseudo personalities yeah, not yeah, like yeah. his but uh, you you saw it like he was a troubled character you know like he was still dealing with shit from his past uh, he would never like fall in line and get sentimental with some old with some old captain again after his previous one you know what i mean yeah um yeah i like but I, out- is, but I think this is the with because it's only the first season Mm. And you look at most, well, not most, but you like you look at uh, certainly Next Generation and DS Nine. The first season were very uneven, and very kind of took me a while to get into. This is how I felt with this show. I, there's times when you I, know you know what I mean. I, I, there's times when I hated it. There's times when I utterly loved it. It's been so imbalanced with it that I think. I can't. I still want to see the next season, and I see want to still want to see where it goes. But everything I loved about it, I often think I look back on it and think, but it was all from stuff that we know. You know, it was Riker, it was Troy, it was Seven of Nine, it was you, it was stuff like that. So I think that's probably going to go now in season two. They've got to establish these newer characters and get a bit more. I don't know, a bit more likable. I think you strike upon a very important point that a lot of people, and I'm realizing now, may not really get a lot of the time. Like you're right, when you get introduced to these characters the first time, you you only you know so little about them. They've had such little screen time and like the ability to actually do their thing. You know what I mean? Like we get Colmini as Chief O'Brien or Ensign O'Brien or wherever the hell he was in TNG with the red shirt initially for the first few episodes. Then he like disappears, comes. And they turn yeah. into absolutely lovable characters. O'Brien goes to DS9 and becomes awesome. Like, Worf goes to DS9 and becomes more awesome. Mm. Like, we see Rios and Raffi in them. And my personal favorite, I will say, Elnor, uh, the ninja. Legolas, nun. mate. Yes, mate. Yeah. I'm well. It's Legolas, in it? It is Legolas. Seriously. He was There's, a, there's a reason his name like... sounds like Elvish. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's. I thought he was. Um, that episode where they went into that nightclub and they were all like dressed up in character. He was brilliant in that scene, like, because he didn't know what if he was acting or not or what was going on. Yeah, Is that like... when Picard was French? When he was yeah. doing the French accent? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that was awful. That was awful. awful. That was. That was. I mean, I laughed the whole time. Whatever. I'm not going to hate it. I'm just going to say but, that was fucking awful. But that did have, that did end with one of the best scenes with, once again, with Picard and Seven of Nine. When she talks about the humanity, do you remember? I think that's that yeah. episode, yeah, which was fucking brilliant. When she's like, "Do you forget something like your humanity or something?" And he's like, "Yeah, I do." And they talk about that for a while. But that fucking Picard's French accent, Jesus, he's from France. What's he doing? What is this? <laughs> 
I know, right? Yeah. What like What do you guys think of uh, Harry Treadaway? I, I, remind, okay. me, remind me which character that is. The Romulan dude that fucks. Sleeping with Soji. Mm. Yeah, Romulan who oh, fucks. I, yeah, I find him really annoying. And, but it, not but he's acting, supposed to be. The character. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah he did his job, mate, because he wound me up. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, so he does a great Just job acting. Uh, I think, and he's young enough where I think he this character can grow really well. I think you're yeah. going to start loving this guy in the next couple of seasons, being evil yeah. or good, who knows? We'll see. Let's just touch upon that just for a hot second. Um, he gets dragged away by the sense, no mention of him ever again. Yeah. Like, where did you go? Romulan Free and your mom, friggin' Commodore General Oho, whatever her name is, Yuhu, is now, like, way far away. Where's Narek in this whole thing? Clearly, Riker is just like, all right, Captain Picard, this whole Romulan Flea showed up. I showed up. Now we're just going to piece the hell out after five minutes, after almost creating this interstellar war. Treaty of Algeron reference. That was a fucking cool throwback from when that episode, when he was with Admiral whatever his name was in the Pegasus, and they had the cloaking device that could pass through matter. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm right was, there with you on that one. <laughs> nice. I just remember punching the fucking air when Riker turned up. So that's oh, mate. <laughs> all the, all the Starfleet ships just popping out of hyperspace or whatever it is, warp. Uh, oh yeah, it clearly is way too big for that chair, and that chair is meant for him to step over to sit into. <laughs> sat there, sat there like an absolute boss. And oh yeah. Pizza reference. Brilliant. That was fucking great. <laughs> he only had, I mean, maybe they only had a couple extra cast members on the day, but he only had two other bridge crew there. Like, <laughs> clearly there were consoles in front of him. And I was like, dude, you should have like, you should have like 20, 20 people around you right now. That bridge should be buzzing and a humming. But he's just such a badass. Just like, nah, it's just me. Don't, just don't, don't piss me off right now. That bit. That bit when he gave fucking uh, the ultimatum, they want it, and he's like, "Let's yes. fucking do it." They like, come on, then. Let's fuck. Do you want it or not? And she's yeah, just like, "That would make me happier." <laughs> Brilliant. I was so like, words. "Oh, fucking so good that bit." It's so like he was fun. dreaming of that moment, like yeah, in his retirement. Like, I want to do this again. Yeah, like, yeah. just well, make you, me fucking do it. I mean, realize that because of them, Commodore O, his son Thad is dead because. The neural net synthetic technology was banned as part of the synth ban after the attack on Mars. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I don't know if that realization was playing into that at all, but I feel like if it was, whoo, man, I would want to exact some vengeance. But yeah. see, Will Riker, fucking Mr. Starfleet over here. And that is why Jimmy Dice goes deep on this shit. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I didn't pick up on none of that. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've heard it. I fucking love it. Yeah, that's why Riker's <laughs> the man. He's a lad. Oh, I'm, I'm going oh, to... He's a lad. Yeah. The, the last so, uh, thing. Season two, then. Where are we going? I, I, I don't know, man. Before, before we get to season two, just season one general thoughts kev because i know you've just said some parts you loved some you hated yeah like i I never hated it at any point uh there were i must admit there's a few parts i was a bit bored in general probably having listened to all of you and our introductions at the start being the least knowledgeable and least uh fan of trek in general 
I've really enjoyed it as a piece of entertainment and the fact that those scenes with the characters that I know and have a nostalgic feeling for, the fact that they're my favourite parts of it doesn't really affect my enjoyment of it as a whole because they made me feel so good. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not saying there's anything I, wrong. I'll go next because I think Kevin James have more of a Star Trek base than I do. I... I'm with you. I enjoyed it. I looked forward every week to Thursday when the episode came out and wanted to watch it. Um, However, it started out really good to me. Like it felt like a movie that you were watching in parts every week. And then the last third kind of felt more like a TV show. And I was like... Why did it? Why does it suddenly feel like this? And then I'm like, wait, well, it is a TV show, so I guess it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't know. Like, uh, it started out really good. Like, I was really enthralled with the storyline and like where Picard was gonna go. He's got a health issue. There's this Sochi. There were two Sochis. Now he's going after one. Like, I fucking loved it. It was amazing. And then like it kind of slowed down a little bit, and. It turned into like a TV show, and I was like, "Okay, but it is." So I guess I'm fine with it. Cool. <laughs> that's how I. That's. I mean, I loved it. That's how I was. Yeah. I like. I, I. I will say I love the beginning more than the end, but the end was just fine. It was good, but more like a TV show, which it is. A TV <clears> show. <throat> you, you talk about how, how great the beginning was there ed we've not even mentioned that scene in the first episode where he's being interviewed that was brilliant it's so brilliant. good like the first best, best, half best scene in the so oh. he was incredible yes mm. yes when he mentioned the dunkirk reference oh, oh god brilliant yeah i was like yeah you fucking do yeah you mentioned that i loved it master Ooh. of history typical journalist as well just like she's already been told that she's not allowed to mention it within 30 seconds she's bringing it up baiting him and i'm just like you you fucking you bitch you (laughs) don't do this don't do this to my boy (laughs) talk about symbolism with today's culture right yeah. Yep. You, you knew he was going to have a response, though, weren't you? That he was not oh, going to be. It oh, was a like, very slap down Picard. Oh, like, man. It's just like, yeah, this is this is what it is, you know. But I agree I agree with, with you both in a way. But for me, it was, I would say, and this word can be a little bit misunderstood, but it was a solid season. <laughs> 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 yeah, I knew how to get that. I didn't love it. And I didn't hate it. Um, <laughs> Even though you've said there's parts you hated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about the season overall. Overall. I'm talking yeah. about it overall. Sure, sure. Some bits I loved, <laughs> some bits I hated. I just felt, from a Star Trek point of view, and I know they've got to kind of do things differently, it took me a while to get used to the tone of the show, you know, because of what it was and what Star Trek's always been to me, which was optimism and seeing this whole... And to me, as the season went on, I just kind of sat there going, it's not really doing anything that I haven't seen from a TV show. I've seen this in Battlestar Galactica. I've seen it in Firefly. I've seen it in Westworld. I've seen it in... Do you know what I mean? When you talk about... Star Wars. I've just and the one thing when it started off you know Ed yeah and I'm not even going to get into that but you know 
early on when this whole Picard thing and the Federation was not what it was and it had been tainted at, and why had it abandoned its principles? I wanted to see a bit more of that and it did fuck all with it. It did nothing and I kind of thought, well, you know, they got into this whole um, Romulan thing and I get why Picard did it, but... I, th- I think to get into that, you'd have to follow a starship captain of a capital ship and maybe and their maybe, interactions I still with the thought, Federation. I still, thought there was pot- I, I still thought there was potential for the story to explore that a bit more. Yeah, mm. yeah. And no, they but- didn't. And, you know, I love... You talk about your favorite TV characters, and Picard is definitely one of my favorite TV characters of all time. And I just thought it was okay as a season. But I'm not taking that as a bad thing because I felt that before with Next Gen and I felt that with DS9. So it's got time to improve and expand itself. So that's my overall view on it. It was okay. It was okay. So Jimmy, go. I mean, I... To pick up on your point... No, no, well, to pick up on your point, dude, like... The Federation being so dark, and I'll say very uh, reflective of, again, modern times, just to, about how inefficient isolation is almost. Like, that's not what the Federation that we grew up with knowing. Like, Ex- exactly what I mean. Yeah. Like, what, yeah. what happened between basically DS9 and now? You know what I mean? Like, I want to hear more about that. Like, yeah, the, the the whole Dominion War thing, like, that introduced a whole lot of dark tones to it. Like, Earth was attacked, big wars and shit like that. But going in, like, going into it from this, it's, it's uh, you want to hear more about that. And that was kind of a bummer because, like, like you said, we can get this vibe from any other, name any other friggin' sci-fi series. We can get like, oh yeah, dark government or everything's kind of good but kind of shitty, bad or whatever. Like, the Federation, Rome was the light. That's the quote from Gladiator. Mm. But, um, like, the Federation was supposed to be the good guys. And, like, when did they start being, like, the okay guys? Yeah. Mm, exactly. Was, Didn't... I well, wanted to well, see Jimmy, more of that. Yeah. Jimmy, you should know this from Star Wars. They're, they're just going to explain it in books and stuff. <laughs> yeah, except they do a shit awful job at at their at coordinating their story arcs. That's why I just never even never bothered. Uh, like, C- CBS that. have just announced a new series of books called The High Republic of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is, that would be nah. That just wouldn't. <laughs> That doesn't, that doesn't really appeal to me that much, actually. Unless it's our boys, like our man Bashir. No, that's I don't I don't care. But overall, I really, I was a little confused as to as to where they're going with the whole story arc because I was trying to think like, who's the bad guy going to be? Who's the antagonist? What's the what's the whole theme of the whole thing? And it was really about just reconciliation of a character of Picard. How you came upon him as just like a just a troubled man, fallen from grace, and you see him kind of like find himself again when he gets the talk down from Troy, and he sort of starts to act like a captain again instead of just sort of this frightened old man who's just trying to blindly do good to make himself feel better. That was interesting, and, and you know it tied up Data's, Data's character, like it it reconciled a lot of that old, so the old 
themes that we had before what made Star Trek great, like the undiscovered country, so to speak, of like new worlds and new frontiers, like creating this new civilization from this artificial intelligence with the whole Bruce Maddox thing and the androids, even though there was only supposed to be like, you know, two of them, lore and data. Um, excited mm. to see what season two brings. We'll see what happens. Like, I want to see more Rios, but like you said, you know, there's only so much screen time they can give these minor characters when you really got to focus on the big boys to like really draw people into it and then like slowly build them up. So, Rios is my guy. I really want to see more of him. I mean, he's smoking a cigar while like sitting slouched in his chair, like piloting this fucking thing. So, it's pretty sweet. Um, I feel it. I feel like this is a good time to bring in your theory that you brought up about discovery timeline coming oh in. oh all right yeah last thing and then we're gonna end this um i one thing i want to because i want to see we we heard it here first is when we'll call them the bad guy androids when the bad guy androids started to like come you know teleport in after the signal had been sent from soji on their planet cornelius i mean corellius or whatever uh corellia Co- um, copulus yeah copulus Calculus. 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 Coitus. Anyways, um, as like this sort of like tentacled like monster monster machine, Q Matrix and every other bad guy machine that's out there, Superborg, was like clawing its way through. It looks so familiar to it looks so familiar to that latest arc in Star Trek Discovery where Captain Pike and the security dude, I already forgot his name already, were in the shuttlecraft and to get the the probe and it had this little thing attached to it, which we all thought was the Borg, but no one infected control, you know, Starfleet control or whatever yeah. for section thirty one and shit. So now that they had introduced the whole time travel thing with the Red Angel and shit like that, is this some kind of bad guy crossover that they're going to start referencing in both Discovery and Picard? I wonder. That would be very Wouldn't that be sweet? Like, do we know for a fact that, you know how Discovery, spoiler alert, ends where they go to the future? Do you think that like, ends up where Picard is in their season? Or is it known that it's not where it is? I thought they said something. It was like nine hundred years. It's nine hundred years. Yeah, they did say yeah. it's like, it's like way, uh, way in the future. So it's beyond. Yeah, way gone. Yeah, they're okay, way yeah, beyond yeah. that. Sorry. But if Big she fan. has the magical, magical like gargoyle <laughs> suit, you know what I mean, gargoyles. Um, she may be able to fly back in time for something or maybe where they confront their antagonist out there is the same thing as this other one that's being trying to be communicated to. I don't know. I just, it just kind of like the, I guess the way that it was digitally presented in the movie, in the, in the TV show, like how they showed it, it just like immediately I thought I was like, Ooh, what if this is some form of control anyways? So that's my yeah. lingering Weirdo. I love that. That's love it, love it, love it. Love. Connection. Absolutely. Anything else, boys? No, I'm good. So, season two, the only thing we know so far is that Guyana's going to show up. Yep. Yeah, (laughs) we're going to see... uh, And Riker fucks. Yes. Yeah. We already knew I mean, Riker's Riker's directing episodes, so of course he's going to be fucking in a couple of them. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Where's, um, Where's Worf? At this point in time, Ooh. do we know? Hey, we don't know. Like Gates McFadden, like Worf, like LeVar Burton, like they haven't been, you know, like reached out to yet that we know of. Stop it. 
As long as fucking Jordan, Wesley Jordan doesn't turn up, glowing, I'm yeah, not bothered. Shut um, up, Wesley. <laughs> fucking glowing, flying around and shit. As, Chris, being as Chris says, let's have yes. it. Let's have it. Let's have it. Let's have it. Let's have it. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you have enjoyed our spin-off Star Trek episode. We'll do these every once in a while. Episode 114.1. Thank you for joining us on April 9th, 2020 in the quarantine zone. Take care of yourselves out there. Live long and prosper. Live long and save the dream! Peace and long life. And cheerio! Make it so. Clean your knobs. (laughs) <laughs> this party's over.